BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Episode 150 of the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. What's up with oil? Let's start the show. We are now the defenders of the stronghold of democracy and of equal opportunity. All right, welcome to the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Hahn. Thank you, thank you, thank you for liking, subscribing, rating, and reviewing this podcast. I truly, truly appreciate it. Keep it up. And of course, I'm at Christopher Hahn on Twitter, Christopher Hahn, and why on Instagram. Just talk for a minute about oil. I I think that there's been a lot of misinformation floating around on these conservative talk radio stations that my show airs on, and at least I would say 80% of the markets I'm in are conservative talk radio markets. So let me let me explain oil to you. Conservatives are out there saying that oil prices are artificially high because of President Biden and the Democrats' energy policies. That is completely false, completely inaccurate. And and here's why. First, oil prices are high not because there is a supply or a demand issue. Oil prices are rising because of wild speculation in the global oil commodities market. Let me start at the beginning with that. What is a global commodities market? Does any one country control anything that is global? No. Does everything happening in the world impact that global market? Yes. There is no shortage of oil. If there was a shortage of oil, In the United States alone, there are 9,000 leases, permitted wells that could be drilled tomorrow if the oil companies that own those leases thought they needed to, to, to put that into the oil supply and they would make a profit for their investment. They didn't do that. They haven't done that because there isn't a need for it because actually demand for oil has been going down as you might think it might over the last 10 years or so. The demand has not been rising steadily, especially in the United States of America, where people are using more fuel efficient cars, electric cars. We're using less oil in our homes because we have more efficient heating mechanisms. There's been a plethora of of natural gas discovered in the United States over the last 20 years that are now powering power plants. So the need for oil is not as great in the United States today as it was even five years ago. So 9,000 wells could be drilled right now that would bring oil to the market in the United States and to the world. People say, well, Chris, if the Keystone Pipeline was in place, uh, wouldn't oil prices be less? Well, what was the Keystone Oil Pipeline going to even ship? The Keystone Oil Pipeline was going to ship oil sands, or some people call it tar sands. Now, tar sands can be 
uh, refined into oil to be used for gasoline and other heating methods. But mostly oil sands are used for industrial uses, including roads, which we could probably use. But here's the other kicker on the Keystone uh, Pipeline. We already have access to the Canadian oil sands that that pipeline hoped to ship. That pipeline was going to go down to Louisiana so that those oil sands could be easily sold on the international market. So they wouldn't necessarily be designated to the United States of America. They would go wherever they were bought. It is a global market. The price is rising because of speculation. And let me explain one more thing for you, America. The price at the pump today should not reflect the price of oil today, but it does, but it shouldn't. Why? Because when a commodities trader buys a barrel of oil on the commodities exchange, that oil is not delivered For three months. For three months. So basically, we should be paying for what was bought three months ago, but we're not because there's speculation on the market and energy companies like ExxonMobil decide to take advantage of the consumer and the panic and it rises, raises the price. Also, people are panicking because every day they hear stories. Oh my God, gas is going to be $7 a gallon. Oh, I have three quarters of a tank. Maybe I better fill up today at $4 a gallon because tomorrow it could be $7 a gallon. So everybody's keeping their tank on full. I'm guilty of that as well, even though I know better. But it is a global market. Joe Biden doesn't control that market. Drilling another well in Alaska isn't going to lower the price of gasoline. And as I have said, if we needed more supply in the United States of America, there are 9,000 permitted wells that have not been tapped. And the reason why they haven't been tapped is because there's no market for it right now. And it would lower the cost of oil, which is not what the energy companies want to do. They want to have a maximum return on their investment. Just remember, it was about two years ago during the height of COVID when oil was selling on the stock exchange for negative value. What does that mean? That means they would pay you to take their oil because they had nowhere to put it. So they were paying people to take oil two years ago. Do you know how much profit was lost by the energy companies, by the oil companies, by drillers during that time? Do you think that they're trying to take some of that money back right now? Yeah. Now, the ban on Russian oil, I think that's great. I think we should ban everything from Russia. I, think they, I don't think anybody should buy Russian anything right now while this crisis is going on. I think it's our patriotic duty to avoid Russian products. But don't let anybody out there tell you that the Keystone Pipeline is why the cost of oil has gone up. The Keystone Pipeline didn't exist two years ago when they were paying you to take oil. And if the Keystone Pipeline was so necessary, why then during the four years of the Trump administration didn't it just get built? Why is it even still an issue? I'll tell you why it's still an issue. 
because during the time of the Trump administration, with the continuing decline in the use of oil, even with Donald Trump's anti-environmental policies that disincentivized people from getting clean energy products like, like electric cars, people started using electric cars. People started putting solar on their roofs. People started installing heat pumps. And the market, and it, not just in the United States, but all over the industrialized world, the market for oil continued to decline. That's why gasoline, even before the pandemic, was under $3 a gallon. And it had been for 10 years in the United States of America. So here we are. Now you know. Now you have the facts. Oil is a commodity. It is not controlled by the president of the United States. I, I, I find it laughable. Laughable on a daily basis. When people try to say that they are dyed-in-the-wool capitalists. I am a capitalist. I believe in capitalism. Okay, well, oil is a free market. The president doesn't really have any control over that free market. The only thing he can do is release the strategic petroleum reserves to help add supply to the market. But like I said, there isn't a supply issue in the market. There is no supply-demand problem in the oil market. The Russian oil that is no longer being used is not as great an impact on the market as people thought it would be. Russian gas is probably a problem in, in, in Europe. And maybe we could talk about nuclear power on the other side of the break and maybe why, maybe we should reconsider it. But the oil shortage is in here. This isn't the 1970s. There isn't an embargo from OPEC where we're not even getting oil. We have the oil. The oil is still flowing. It's still being shipped. There's plenty of supply in the world right now. And the demand hasn't risen. It's speculation, profit-taking, price gouging. And you know what? You should be mad about that, not about the Keystone Pipeline. Because whenever I try to talk about that on conservative media, Oh, I get shouted down. I get shouted down day and night. Because they don't want to hear that uh, the companies might just try to be trying to make bigger profits than they should. Because that's what's going on. They are trying to make bigger profits than they should. All right, I'm back. I realized that was an abrupt break at the end of the last segment. Talking about oil. By the way, oil this week is down 20%. You will not see a 20% reduction at the pump. Oil will be under $100 a barrel by the end of the week. It's probably already under $100 a barrel as you're listening to this on Tuesday. And it will be probably in the $90 a barrel range, maybe even less. So, you know, again, no supply issue. There's plenty of oil. It's just rampant speculation and people making a lot of money, trying to make up for profits they lost in 2020 it's it's just that simple it's sad it's scary but this is the world we're living in and you know we got a big week ahead of us all of these weeks seem like years but at least the sun will stay out past 
five o'clock. You know, I, I'm so happy when the clocks spring forward. I'm a little tired today, as I think we all are, because you lose that hour of sleep. But, you know, you get over it, and then it stays light later. And and frankly, I, I know I've said this before on this show, and I'm going to say it again right now. I've had enough of standard time. I live in New York. It gets dark at 4.30 in sometimes, you know, in December when they first turn these clocks back. It's ridiculous. We need to stop it. We need to be on permanent daylight savings time, at least on the East Coast, and, and, and move on. Congress needs to act. Even farmers, you know, this whole standard time thing. Standard time remains because farmers, back when we first created daylight savings time, Farmers had an issue because they were getting up and they got to get their fields and blah, 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 blah. You talk to farmers today like, no, 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 let's have daylight savings time. We have lights on our trucks. You know, it's this is nonsense. We need daylight savings time year round in America so that in December, you know, people get these seasonal defective. This, uh, what am I looking for? Seasonal disinfect. I, I don't know what it is. They get seasonal disorders, right? where they feel sadder in the winter. And that's a direct result of having less sunshine. And I get it, we'll lose an hour of sunlight in the morning to make up for it in the afternoon, but most people are sleeping in the morning. So let's get that hour of sunshine when most people can enjoy it when they are home from work. They could take a walk with the dog in the sun. You know what? I get it, it's cold in the winter, but it's not so bad in the sun. And I want to see daylight savings time permanent all the time. Period. End of discussion on that. I know a lot of people don't agree with me. But uh, I think this is something that Republicans and Democrats can join hands and sing kumbaya on. Because quite frankly, it makes perfect sense to me. So anyway, look, I don't have a guest today. So this is a short and sweet podcast. Uh, But I want to take this opportunity to remind you, if you want to get in touch with me, uh, the best way to do it is to go to my website. It's ChristopherHahn.com. I don't update it a lot, but there is a link on there to email me, and I do respond to those emails, and I really do like hearing from uh, my podcast listeners because it's a really good, dedicated, like-minded group of people, although there are a lot of people who listen to this podcast who have seen me on conservative uh, talk shows or have seen me on Fox or, or maybe I'm on the radio Uh, on their local conservative station and you decided that you enjoy my commentary and makes you think. And that's all I really want to do, right? I really just want to make people think so that, you know, you have an opportunity to question things and that you're not just listening to people who you agree to, agree with. And I I hope, you know, I know a lot of people listen to me because they agree with me and they're like-minded, but I hope you're open-minded. I hope you're open to you know, other points of view. And that doesn't mean you got to be open to people who say, you know, uh, Trump won the election. I, I don't expect you to be open-minded to that at all. But, you know, the, the progressive way is not always the right way. Sometimes we're wrong too. And we need to know when we're wrong and we need to look for common sense paths forward. So I do appreciate this audience a great deal. ChristopherHahn.com is my website. There is a link to email me. I'd love to hear from you. And of course, I'm at Christopher Hahn on Twitter. Christopher Hunt and why on Instagram and I want to remind you now as I always do to seek the truth question everyone and everything even me seek the truth 
I know it's out there, and I know you'll find it if you look for it. And I'll be back here again next week to tell you the truth as I see it. I'm Chris Hahn. Thanks for listening to the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. <laughs>